Hey everyone, last spring, Hunter and I delivered a TED Talk to the University of Mississippi entitled, How to Build a Thick Institution. In it, we discussed a leadership framework we developed for our football program at Oxford that we believe helped dramatically improve our program. More recently, we turned the content from that talk into a book that you can now read with your team. It has the same title, How to Build a Thick Institution. You can order it online through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And if you're an Oxford local, Square Books carries it as well. So for this next series, we're going to do something a little different. We're releasing the audio version of six long-form interviews Dr. Taylor did over YouTube in support of his new book, Draw the Line, Jeff Trailer, The Gilmore Buckeyes, and A Season Deep in the Heart of East Texas. All six interviews will give you, the listener, great insight into why this story is so special, and our hope is that each episode sparks conversations about the coaches you played for, the teammates you played with, and the pride we all take in being from our hometowns. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks a bunch for making time to watch this. Uh, I'm Hunter Taylor, author of Draw the Line, which comes out June 28th. And again, I thought it'd be fun to do a couple of these with some of the actual people who deserve a ton of credit for influencing either the story or the entire football culture of the East Texas area. Our very first one we put out was with Jacksonville head coach Danny Long, Hall of Fame broadcaster David Smoke. It went extremely well. Please check that out on the book's webpage. Just go to huntertaylor.design, click on Draw the Line. It's now posted there, or you can search for it on YouTube. It's just Draw the Line Interviews, Episode 1 with Danny Long and David Smoke. Uh, so now for this next one, which I'm equally, if not more, excited about. Uh, for this one, we have just a longtime pillar, uh, current head coach and athletic director of the Gilmer Buckeyes, Alan Metzel. One of his assistants, who was also a former player for the Buckeyes, Coach Olin Johnson. And then finally, I also uh, asked longtime East Texas journalist and producer Reagan Roy Young, who was recently voted as East Texas's most influential member of the media under the age of 40. Congratulations, Reagan. Yeah. So, Thank you. <laughs> longtime journalist makes me feel <laughs> old. <laughs> it's been 14 years, so I guess it's long time now. So. No doubt. But you and I both, you've been, you've been covering the region for a while in this whole area, but then we both grew up around Gilmore, mm -hmm. you know, got a chance to see what this was about, and then it's taken to another level. So we thought it'd be cool, just the very first part, if each of you would articulate what makes this place so special, in your opinion. Uh, I would say the people, you know, the, uh, the, the relationships, you know, whether it's the, uh, our administration and, uh, board members, the community, you know, you go to McDonald's and uh, everybody wants to talk about the Buckeyes uh, to the students, how they grow up from elementary school all the way up wanting to be a part of, of something that's been built. Uh, there's always a buzz in Gilmer. And, uh, you know, we, we get along with our, our other uh, departments, extracurricular, the, the band, the ag, the drill team, the cheerleaders that we, we enjoy uh, each other. And so, and then specifically when you're talking about in the field house, I love going to work with Olin Johnson and, and all those other guys. It, it's a blast to, to go invest together. So for me, that's what makes it great. Uh, I would like to talk from uh, an athletic standpoint and um, just talk about, you know, how 
you know, you got four major programs that are really linked together. And that being Converse Judson, um, Marshall, Jacksonville, and in Gilmer. And for me, the thing that I think, you know, that really makes this program go, you know, the one thing that all, all these programs have in common is, is the Buckeye Maker. And the one thing that I really love about the Buckeye Maker is that, um, and I'm, I'm sure the same for the, the other programs, uh, they're all built on core beliefs and, and, and values. And for, for our program, it's, it's what makes us go. Uh, we, we believe in it. You know, we talk about perfect effort. You know, we talk about being selfless and we talk about attacking and, and, and doing it every day. And it's something that our kids have bought in, something that our coaching staff has bought in. And it's really something that the, the community has bought in. And when everybody is on the same page, you know, you got over within this program, a hundred plus men that are on the same page, you know, that that's bounds for success. And for me, that's the one thing that, you know, I, I really believe has a big part of, you know, why our program is, is where it's at. Awesome. For me, growing up in Spring Hill, my mom's actually from Gilmer. So I feel like everybody around there has like some kind of tie to Gilmer, even, you know, if you didn't go there, you played against them. It kind of reminds me of, I was watching Friday Night Lights, a TV show the other day, and it kind of reminds me of like Dillon, Texas. Whenever there's a Friday night, you know, Buckeye Stadium, the whole town shuts down, everybody is there. It's like, gone to the game, sorry. So I feel like it's just such a sense of pride in Gilmer. You know, I, I did a story on a huge, big sweeps piece on, um, on it was actually called, What is a Buckeye? Because a lot of people don't know. I mean, what you've got Ohio State that are the Buckeyes and then Gilmer that are the Buckeyes. And <clears throat> When I asked all the coaches and the players, that's what they answered with. They answered pride. That's what a Buckeye is. It's someone who has pride, who plays with pride, who takes pride in everything they do. Um, and I feel like the city, you know, the, such a small town, but it resonates with that. It really, the town as a whole has so much pride in everything they do. It's a very small town, but it's a very historic town. You've got the Yambury, you know, which is one of the oldest festivals in Texas. So I, I really, when I think of Gilmer, that's what I think of. And and I think a lot of people would agree with me. It's it's a very intimidating small town, especially when you have to go and play there on Friday nights. Um, but it's also a place that feels like home. And yeah. so I think that's why a lot of people come back is because they enjoy that hometown feel and they love, you know, playing where they grew up and or coaching where they grew up playing. And I, if I played at Gilmer, I would too, <laughs> but I did not. There you so. go. <laughs> Yeah, I know we'll eventually talk about the 2014 season and then kind of the origin years, if you will, kind of under this culture and everything like that. But like, how much fun was it? It was just the last two years. Uh, Coach Johnson getting to work for Coach Messel, seeing him in this role, and then just how much fun it was, you know, going back to back to, to Arlington, Texas. Uh, it was, it was, it was exciting, man. Uh, you know, uh, I can remember at the beginning of the year, you know, we, you know, had our first meeting and uh, Coach Melso getting, getting up on a whiteboard and uh, he drew this mountain and uh, he talked about how, you know, each game 
was going to be a stepping stone through the season for us to reach the top of that mountain. And during our journey to the top of the mountain, each step was us, you know, becoming the man that, um, you know, the Lord has called for us to be within that journey. And um, the, the way he explained it, you know, each week, you know, we're trying to, the ultimate goal is, you know, to be one of the last teams standing, you know, by the time we get to, uh, you know, week 15, week 16. And in that process, you know, we're going to build and, like I said, become the man that God has called us to be. And what that did for us, you know, a, a lot of people look at, you know, us losing the state championship, you know, as a, as, as a failure. But to us, you know, getting to to play that many games and 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 to last that long, to me, I looked at that as a, as an opportunity, you know, to get to to spend more time, you know, with, with with the kids and and reach out and mentor and and have a positive impact. So it was, it was more than just you know football. Is is it was about you know having a positive impact throughout the season. And, and don't get me wrong, you know we. You know, we, we wanted to win the same championship, but, you know, it was more to it than that, you know. It was more about changing lives and just having that positive impact on, on our kids. Coach Metzl, what was it like for you? Man, uh, OJ, he always uh, sets a high standard right there. You know, he alluded to the, uh, the mountain, and I think it's always important – to have a goal that's transcendent, you know, that, that's beyond uh, just winning. Uh, otherwise, there's things that you can't control. And disappointment, you know, comes in anytime you compete, anytime uh, you're on a journey. And uh, those things occurred this year and, and will occur every year, uh, whether you win it or, you, or not. And uh that that's what uh, kind of goes back to your your first question. You know what 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 makes it special? That those are the things that make it special to me is when um, you know your coaches, your players, they recognize this whole thing is not just about winning a ball game. Now we love winning ball games. Don't get me wrong, and we put in a tremendous amount of hours to do that and. Uh, studying film and and going and seeing people in the spring to uh, learn new ways of attacking and ways to stop uh, our opponents. But that's the method in order to teach the bigger picture, which is becoming the men we're created to be. And uh, to, to have that opportunity, I feel very humbled, uh, very grateful for the community that they've allowed me to be in this position. And I appreciate greatly uh, the trust that they've put in me to do this. I don't even know if you remember this, uh, Olin, I, I think it was 2018. So the story you opened with right there about the mountain, it was like the first time I'd ever really gotten to meet y'all in person. It was mm -hmm. 2018 y'all playing Pleasant Grove at home. And PG had a great team. It was like right after they won that state championship and they went back. I think they may have lost or did I think they won it again that year. I forget but they're playing y'all and y'all had a really young team. It was that year that you turned it on in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you hear 
other people describe certain people to you. And that's kind of how you picture them in your head. And so I remember when like going to the pregame part and, and coach Turner asked coach Metzl to go up to the board. And he does that whole mountain thing. Yeah. You know, and like chills come up behind you because he's got a presence to him. And it was like a very, uh, it was just an impressive talk. Like everybody in the room was dialed in right. and, and then you kind of have like this thing of like, Hey, I hear this guy's a pastor and he's a coach. I'm thinking he's going to have a certain persona when he's coaching. Yeah. yeah. He was coaching hard. I remember being on the sideline, and I mean, he was intense, intense, high high accountability. And uh, I mean, it was such a close game, and PG was so good. I was just so impressed, though, that game with how demanding y'all staff was collectively. But I remember also it kind of breaks stereotypes because you don't necessarily marry kindness with toughness. Right, right. And there were like those two things present, um, which was a really cool. I think that's like one of the the unique things I I think is so great about Coach Metzl and others on the staff. So, Reagan, have you ever gone to one of their home games? And like, oh, yes, I've covered many. I will say that the best turf in East Texas. It's so, especially when you're standing out there from four o'clock till midnight, it's so soft. It's wonderful. Um, (laughs) Easy to hear, huh? Oh, I do. I love it. Um, yeah, the last two years for me, I think, you know, even though it didn't end the season, you didn't end the season with a win. I think those games where you fight so hard, you come so far, and in the end you just can't pull it off. I think that's when your team bonds the most because you've all strived for this certain goal all year. You get to the end and it was just like almost there. So I think that really brings you guys together. And brings anything like that together more. Than it. It's all—it's always fun to win. You love to yeah. win. Throw a party. Let's celebrate. Let's have the, the parade through town. But you really have to pull yourself up, group back together as a team, and say, "Okay, here we go. Spring ball. We've got next year to do this again. Right. Got to make it back somehow." So I think I really think that's when your team learns the most and when they mature and grow the most. I, you know, wins are great. Like I said, everybody likes to win, but. I feel like losses, especially in that capacity, teaches you more than winning in that capacity. So, For us to make it back this year really says a lot about uh, Coach Meltzel and the job that he did and, um, you know, getting us getting us to regroup and, and come back and refocus. Um, you know, when we lost against Carthage, I guarantee you at the end of that game, there was no other person in the state of Texas that would have said the following year we will be back in that state championship game. And for us to get back, you know, that says a lot about, like I said, Coach Melson and the job that he did in our program for us making it back. Oh, no question. Appreciate okay. that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the early years because that's so cool about, like, having you both on that your range stretches so long and you see this – it's just, it's continued and it continues to build and it gets better and better and better. But uh, Coach Metzl, you didn't actually coach Olin. You came the year after, correct? Boy, I wish I had gotten to. Yeah. I, I, I say all the time, OJ, if we had gotten there a couple of years earlier, yeah. he might have been uh, the number one uh, recruit in the country. You know, he, he's pretty special. Yeah. And uh, one, he's very gifted physically. He, he'll be out there in pregame, and we're still going, dang, I wish we could get that guy to play for us. Uh, 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it, it was it was OJ's character. And uh, Jeff, you, all you got to do is listen to Jeff talk about uh, year 2000 and how he was the one that the team rallied around. Uh, you know, here was Jeff, first year head coach. He had all these ideas and this is what we're going to do with the Buckeyes. And you know how people are, you know, most of them are looking at you like, I got to know what he's talking about or whatever. But when you have a guy like Olin Johnson on that team that he goes around in that locker room and he says, Oh no, we're doing this. And then the guys followed him. And, and that was the, the pivotal point truly for setting this whole stage, all these 20 plus years of, of, success and program and uh so to have uh a guy like that now on the staff you know he's married has two boys in the school and uh is investing every day that there's no excuse for for any kid uh that comes into our our facility and has maybe a difficult time in life or whatever uh all you got to do is is point to coach johnson and go hey buddy he's done it you know, and, and the arguments end. So pretty, pretty awesome perspective that this guy provides. Appreciate that coach. No, I mean it. Yes, sir. So what was it like, Olin, 1999 or before then, and then 2000 with Jeff coming in? Oh man, before coach trailer came, uh, you know, Gilmer was always mediocre. Uh, we always had the athletes, you know, tons of athletes just walking through the halls and there would be years we would go four and six and five and five and uh, the big difference was that you know that there wasn't a program you know we didn't have any beliefs uh there was no foundation and really when when things went bad there was really nothing that we can go to to hang our hats on to hold us accountable and say hey, you know, we're not giving perfect effort. We're not being selfless. You know, we're not attacking. There was none of that, you know, laid down. And when Coach Trailer came, you know, my senior year, you know, he implemented all that. You know, he, you know, set the foundation and, and he gave us something to believe in, you know, something to stand on. And, and when times did get hard, you know, he can look us in the face and he can say, hey, you guys are not giving perfect effort. You know, you're not doing you guys are not doing all the things that that we stand on. And 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 that was the big difference in our program. You know, just him just just laying that foundation. And and when he did that, that's when things changed. It, it took off for the good. So one thing I got to bring up, because I remember this in the book part, y'all didn't have after school practice before he came, correct? No, we did, man. It was it was crazy. Uh, summer workouts, uh, I mean, that was by volunteer. You know, if you can make it, you can make it. Uh, it was it was pretty laid back. It was laid back. So what was the reaction then from the players, from your teammates then when you got Jeff coming through about? You had some that didn't like it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I kind of took on the coach, coach trailer really, really fast because, you know, I it didn't take long for me to realize, you know, that he was invested and that he really cared about us. And, you know, when you got somebody that, that cares about you and is willing to do anything for you, you know, why wouldn't you say a lot to him? And that was the point that, you know, I was trying to get across to the rest of my teammates, man, you know, this, this man, he's coming in and he's fighting for us doing this. And, 
you know, inviting us to his house and taking us out and spending the time with us, time that he didn't have to spend with us. And that was something that was different, you know, before they didn't do that, you know, and it was just, it was, it was a, a breath of fresh air when he came in, something that we hadn't, you know, I had never witnessed before. And right off from the start, I, I knew that he was different. I knew that he was different. I love how in the book, how he speaks about you and about there's just this reverence for that time period. And uh, I know that's a special bond because it was almost kind of like a founder year, you know, yeah. something. And so no one else really understands that from the player perspective and a coach. So I just right. love how you talk about each other. And that right. OJ kind of willed, you know, they went six and four that year yeah. and he willed six wins, you know, it's just, he did it. And uh, that that's part of who he is. That's his character. And uh, that's why we want him on staff because he's still willing uh, young men forward and, and the program forward. And uh, it, there's, he's just an incredible competitor really is. Yeah. I want to ask, um, so coach Metzl, we're going to fast forward a few years. This is more my realm. I remember this year very well. The first state championship in 2004, so mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends on that team. I actually had a high school boyfriend on that team. So, okay. um, and I'll, I'll get to a funny story about that in a minute, but kind of tell me what, what you remember about that first group of kids who really, who went all the way when I think they went 16 and 0 that year. Mm -hmm. So talk, tell me about that group and, and what you felt winning that championship. Well, you know, here was Jeff coming in and, uh, when going back to the 2000 year, you know, he goes over to the junior high and he's talking to them in a summer camp, and he's, he makes this statement that there's going to be a class here in Gilmer, Texas, that's going to win a state championship. Well, it was that class. It, it was that first junior high group uh, when they got to be seniors in 2004 that, that went and did that. And uh, so you have guys like Manuel Johnson and Kevin Hollis and Jay Holliday and Tay Bowser and Daniel Dodd, and Roderick McKnight, and just they were a uh, very close knit group. They enjoyed each other. Uh, they they followed a group, the 2003 group, who was very talented and had gotten uh, pretty far in the playoffs the year before before losing to Atlanta, the uh, eventual state champion. And when that group graduated, it, it's interesting that a lot of people didn't didn't think that group, this 04 group, was going to be as successful. And uh, they kind of took that personal, you know, that it was like a, a chip on their shoulder. And they were like, you know, who, why does everybody think we're not going to be good? And uh, they went and were pretty good, you know, 16 and 0 and, uh, and won the whole thing. It, it, it was a special year. It broke through a barrier, a mindset uh, that, that to me took the program to the whole next stratosphere of uh, expectations where now that is what is expected year in and year out. So pretty unique group. That was a great group. I, uh, the, Cause I remember this was my senior year. So I was, I graduated in 05. So it would have been the, that fall of four. Mm -hmm. And I had a basketball tournament in Bullard and I was also a cheerleader. So I had to head back. I remember we played that game and we had to head back. To, I think it was Lobo Stadium where, where Gilmer and Spring Hill played, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and we got beat. Um, but, <laughs> hey, we were really good that year. I will, you I, were. We were you very were. good. To, and I think that's the last yeah. time Spring Hill has 
you know, we just want to talk about that. But um, it was, it was just, I was, it was kind of bittersweet. because so I was like, oh, I got bait and our guys are out. But I still had so many friends like Manuel Johnson, Kevin Ellis, um, or Kevin Hollis, I'm sorry, uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Donald, Logan Bishop, Tay Bowser, they were all friends of mine on the team. And so I was like, oh, we get to go watch them play at SFA against Jasper for state title. And it was just so much. We made, like, we, we had no hard feelings. We made shirts with all the players' numbers on them. All the Spring Hill cheerleaders were there with Gilbert Buckeye shirts on. I think kind of That's awesome. made our boys kind of salty. But we were like, you know what? We're all friends. Who cares? Let's. Let's all support each yeah. other. I remember, yeah. I remember correctly, Manuel Johnson was on the sideline with an IV. It was like his Michael Jordan flu game or something. I think he was pretty sick and still won by a pretty big margin against Jasper. But that's when State was played all in, over. In neutral like, sites. Yeah, right. it was the SFA. Yep. So right. I don't remember when that changed, but I don't remember mm-hmm. too many years after that it being at neutral mm-hmm. sites or State. But mm-hmm. that was, No, you're right. Pretty exciting year. I actually was not on the staff that year. Uh, I had left uh, that year and went with Tim Russell to Pine Tree uh, for 04 and 05 football season. Not that the 04 team doesn't ever let me live that down. But, uh, <laughs> I know. I, like, you yeah. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, it – I, I was able to go with the team in the playoffs and they allowed me, I went up in the box with coach Turner and uh, was able to, to uh, you know, watch for things for him. And, you know, whenever he, he asked me, you know, are the corners down or the safety's playing high or whatever, I got to have some little part. And uh, I really appreciated that, uh, that coach Turner and coach, coach uh, trailer, let me be a part of that. But uh, it was a special year. And those guys earned every bit of it. It was, I, I just, I felt great for them. We would parade afterward and Gilmer and they had some, if I remember, they had a, a slogan that year and there was a, um, a kid on the team. He was a friend of mine. I just can't remember his name now. I went, yeah, I guy. Yes. Oh, they had, wore the, the right. Buckeye necklaces or the Hawaiian mm-hmm. beads. Yeah, right. Yeah. I remember. Yes. See, I think I have it somewhere. I got one. There you go. That's hanging around here somewhere. Well, you know, part you, you talking about it like this and you guys going to the game to me, it's part of what uh, Hunter's book alludes to when, you know, in East Texas, we root for each other. You know, obviously we're going to compete on the field and, but we root for East Texas teams, you know, and, so there, there's a camaraderie there, a connection there that's, I think, uh, pretty special. And uh, I think it's neat that, that you guys jumped in there and, and connected with us uh, in that way. It's pretty special. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Hunter and I are Spring Hill and Wide Oak up here. So we're, if yeah. we can get along, anybody can, I guess. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, you just talking, though, about going into the box with Coach Turner. Well, I don't remember who exactly said it in the book. It was another, I think it was someone else, but they were talking about how fun it was to watch from another coach's point of view, uh, an offensive game plan, watch coach Turner and coach Metzel break it down together, bring both of their uh, gifts to the page. And they just, I remember them talking about how it is a, it's a work of art to see those two friends, colleagues, and just incredible football minds um, work together. And no- uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, I would say on my part, it, it was 
thank you for including me with coach Turner, but uh, he's the master and uh, you know, he's taught so many of us uh, that there's a, a rite of passage to work on the, in that offensive staff in that you, you're going to have to sit there by coach Turner for a lot of hours. Oh yeah. yeah. uh, OJ can address that too. But uh, I mean, you're talking where your brain is splitting uh, and you think I can't go any further. It's almost like a POW thing where you're being broke down and uh, that he's teaching you the game and how to think it through before the game is ever played. And it, it truly is a, uh, a remarkable uh, process to learn. And uh, you know, it, it's, there's, there's a whole lot of factors that, that go into the game other than that, but that's an, a facet that, that you can grow in and control to a, to a certain extent. And so he was going to get every stone unturned in preparation. If we didn't win, it wouldn't be going to be because of lack of preparation. Yeah, I was curious on the, um, so you said you were gone. I remember from 04, 05 and you come back in 06 and obviously when, success happens that changes people's perception of the program and it's almost like you can kind of there's a period where I can remember I'm sure Reagan can too where you all y'all were kind of the team to hate too it was it was like, there's maybe like jealousy coming out I don't know but it's just you're no longer the Cinderella story right of this right. merging program coming up and I can remember uh, well just from your own perspective uh, would you talk about like kind of coming back in and how, like how the program kind of had to adapt mm -hmm. and change the mindset had to change a little bit? No doubt. You know, I think there, there's various factors. One, whenever, like you say, whenever you begin to have success, I, I'm sure Scott Surratt in Carthage has to deal with it because he, you know, he's won so many games. And so people get tired of that team winning or whatever. And that started happening. I think uh, at Gilmer, uh, Jeff is, is very uh, forceful in his personality and charismatic. And the, there are people who jump on and follow. And then there are people who, who you know, he's public enemy number one. And so uh, not that he worries about that too much. You know, that's who he is, which is part of what makes him authentic. Uh, there, you know, then you had uh, like GJ Kenny coming in and you address some of that in the book. And uh, I think people tend to expect, well, there must have been something going on there that wasn't right when, when that was not the case. You know, he had a very unfortunate situation in Canton uh, with what took place with his dad and so forth. And the family was trying to find a place to relocate. They chose to come to Gilmer. And, uh, you know, so people who are the quote unquote haters, they just want to go, oh, well, I'm sure they recruited him or whatever, which was nothing further from the truth, you know? Uh, so I think when, when those dynamics happen, you know, all you can do is uh, move straight ahead, you know, forge ahead, do your job. Uh, it, when, sometimes when people uh, don't want to enjoy the success or whatever, you, you just have to be, uh, you know, not at them and, and go to work. And so I think that's kind of what we did. So let's, let's just go to 2014 because I know that's such a big part of uh, – it's a big part of the book um, because we follow that whole, that whole season and then, like, we thread through with the history part. 
And I'm going to say some names. And mm -hmm. I, I want both of you, Owen and Alan, I want you to just to say one adjective that best okay. describes the person I say. Okay. Okay. The first one, Chris Boyd. Uh, I'm going to say outgoing. Uh, Chris has a really big personality and uh, his personality is really what makes him the person that he is and has a lot to do with the success that he has. You know, Chris is fun to be around. Uh, he's very energetic, intense, and he's the type of person that, you know, people gravitate to and love to be around. And, uh, you know, there's one thing Coach, uh, Coach Trailers always say, you know, don't be a negative person that's always sucking energy out of people. Well, Chris is the total opposite. He's breathing life into people. He was so positive. I mean, just energetic. And if you were having a bad day, Chris was going to see it, and he was going to come talk to you and lift your spirit. Yeah. My word, I guess, would be electric, you know, uh, whether it was putting the ball in his hands or – at kind of what OJ is is re referencing, he, he just he was like a light in the room. You felt his energy. You know, I, I think uh, you hear the Cowboys in the '90s when they were so good. At, I would say he, he was probably like the Michael Irvin of those teams. It, he just every day he was going to go so hard uh, because he just he loved the game, and so every day was a play day to him. You know, it was like playing, whether it was down on the, the uh, elementary field and he was wanting to win in the Buckeye ball or we're practicing getting ready to, to play in the state championship game or the Gladewater game. He was going hard because he loved to win. He loved to play. Uh, so I would say electric. All right, next one, Blake Lynch. Uh, I'm going to say determined, man. Uh and the reason why I say that is, um, you know, when I first met Blake, Blake was in the fifth grade. And uh, the first time I met him, I can remember walking in the gym and, you know, other coaches was were telling me, you know, hey, you know, look out for this kid right here, you know. In the next couple of years, you know, he's going to end up being the best thing to come through troop. And, uh, you know, I remember talking to him, you know, and asking him, you know, you know, what was his dreams? And and one thing that he told me is that he wanted to be a professional football player. And you look at him right now, that's exactly what he's doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about determination, you know. Not not everybody, you know, can can say that, you know, they've had the opportunity to play in the NFL. And, and, and it's hard to get in the league. And for him to set his mind to that, and play four years of college football and get drafted and make it and live out his dream. I mean, that's big determination. And he was determined and he made it. Mm -hmm. uh, man, I, there's so many adjectives that, that come to mind. I'm, I'm going to say uh, solid. You know, he, he had a quiet confidence about himself that, that just uh, – he didn't have to prove something to anybody else. He just did it, you know? And so here he is, he moves in uh, to Gilmer late uh, in his career. And uh, he, he was so easily accepted because he, he didn't have to try and take somebody else's role. He just was Blake and Blake was really dang good. 
and we were grateful and and he was a, an incredible asset to us but his his personality the way he talked to coaches the way he talked to players the way he uh he's very intuitive he just is a solid person it does not surprise me one bit that he's making it in the nfl because i know he's doing the same thing in their locker room uh he he's just a really impressive young man really impressive young man mclean carter uh i only knew mclean for a year and uh, what I noticed about McLean was uh, how humble he was as a person. And, you know, I really think that had a lot to do with his early years and, you know, him moving off. You know, Coach Melissa always tells a story how, you know, he moved to, what was it, Salado, Coach? Yeah. yeah. He moved to Salado and prior to moving, you know, you know, he was kind of, you know, hard to reach and it took him moving off you know, to realize, you know, how good he really had it at Gilmer. And when he came back, he was a different person and he was more humble and, you know, he was more coachable and he, he led us to a state championship. He was, he was a dude. So for me, it would be humble. And yeah, that's, that's a great one. It, especially for his senior year, you know, and I would, I'm going to kind of go on those lines and say his ability to be coachable. You know, he, he had the physical traits. He was very gifted. He's one of those guys, he, he had a gift of being able to put the ball on a person. Not everybody has that innately. And uh, he did. He, he had that gift. But he the thing that I, I so appreciated in 14 was how he was hungry to get better. And when you, when you have a guy who's very physically gifted and he has some of these innate talents, but he's hungry to be better every week, then you can do great things. And that's exactly what, what McLean did. And then took that on to his collegiate career and was able to start at, at Tech and at Rutgers both and uh, do great things. All right, last one, and it's a non-Buckeye, okay? Dalen Mack. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> a freak. That's what he was. <laughs> I mean, that dude, what did he weigh? 300 plus, uh, 4740, could run, uh, D tackle playing running back. He was one of a kind, man. And, you know, him making it to the league, you know, says a lot about him and, you know, his athletic ability. And, you know, there's a reason why he made it. And not only that, you know, he was also, you know, a, a good kid. You know, I can remember, you know, being at the track meets and, and being around him and, you know, the interactions that he would have with our, with our kids. And, you know, they all just got along. And, you know, he was a he was a cool kid to be around and, you know, very likable person. Yeah, Freak pretty well says it. Uh, I, I'm going to stretch my one word into two words. I'm going to say game wrecker. Uh, man, uh, you talk about trying to – going through all that process of game planning when you know that guy over there can destroy uh, – you on your side of the line of scrimmage, you know, it just, I, I still remember sitting on our couch here in the house uh, going through scripting plays and I'm texting with coach Turner and it's late at night. And I mean, I'm in a cold sweat because <laughs> I'm thinking through, okay, you know, this is what we've got to do around him. And this is how we've got to uh, put multiple people on him or we've got to run in an opposite direction or, you know, and he was every bit of that. 
that night we played them in 2014. He just he he uh, obviously they had a great team, but that guy he he was pretty unique. I like to imagine it's like what teams thought the night before they played the the Ravens and knew that Ray Lewis was going to be yeah. on the other side, just staring, just great example, ready to get to him. But um, no doubt. Speaking of Dalen Mack in that 2014 game, let's let's go back and revisit that game for the century or game of the century at, at Lobo Stadium where you guys took it on just a last minute touchdown. So tell me what you guys remember about that game. OJ, you want to go first? Uh, I just remember how insane it was as far as the crowd, you know, people sitting on the hills at Longview, Longview Stadium. It was just sold out, packed. And, you know, us being down and, you know, the one thing that, you know, I always love about our program is how, our kids never quit fighting, no matter what the score is. And, you know, we could be down 40 to zero. But to us, the score is zero to zero. And no matter what, we're going to keep competing and keep fighting. And, uh, you know, that's what we did that night. And, you know, for us to come back and win that game, it was just, it was awesome. It was, it was a cool experience, man. And it's a game that, you know, I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, the feel, the electricity in the air, you know, like Olin mentioned, you get all those people up on the grassy hill, the, the stands are at capacity. Uh, it was so loud. Uh, every play seemed like, you know, where the one of those there where the uh, announcers could say, well, this could be the play of the game. You know, it it was like every play felt that way. And uh, at times we sputtered. You know, on I, and I'm not in any way taking away from uh, Gladewater because they caused some of that sputtering to take place. But for whatever, you know, whatever was going on, we uh, didn't make a catch or we didn't make a block or we didn't whatever. They were moving the ball. Their style of play was to keep the ball out of our hands, which was a great game plan by John Barry and Johnny Levere uh, calling the plays. And they kept making critical fourth downs. And, you know, it just – we weren't, when we had the ball, we didn't go score at times when we needed to. The, the pressure just kept mounting. And uh, it, it just, it got to where, uh, you know, we went back to some of the things Coach Trailer had talked about the week prior to the game. And you allude to it in the book about the draw the line. He had uh, used the Marcus Luttrell uh, speech that I think he had given to Alabama that week. Uh, and how there was how important it was going to be at some point in the line uh, in the game we were going to have to draw the line and and make a stand and, and of course that took place and uh, stopped Dalen Mack like an inch short of a first down and we get the ball and and then it's you know every kid's dream you know and coach's dream for that matter and here you have the opportunity to go down and score and win the game and and move on and our guys uh, got clicked into a different mode. You could just feel it. Uh, their confidence rose, and uh, here we went down the field, and then, uh, you know, the memorable play where Chris gets the ball and, and rips through, you know, and people talk about, well, how in the world do you make a call like that? Well, 
my goodness, how do you not make a call like that when you got a guy as good as he was? Uh, you know, and there was enough time where we could have spiked the ball and and tried for the field goal if we needed to or whatever. But he he coach one of the things Coach Trailer always would come in and say in the office is think players, not plays. Think mm-hmm. players, not plays. And so whenever you're you're scripting out your our two minute things or red zone scenarios, we always would think, okay, who's got to touch the ball? And obviously Chris was one of those, and and he put it in the end zone, just an amazing, amazing game. Even to this day, you know, you get goosebumps when, when you talk about it. Yeah, he had a five touchdown night. So who else would you want to have the ball at that Pretty point? impressive night. Absolutely. <laughs> One of the things I wanted you both to comment on too was you, know, you talked about uh, Coach Metzl. When you left uh, to go to Pine Tree, you went with Coach Russell. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Russell leaves being a head coach and works for Gilmer for a period of time. Right. When you left Union Grove, you were working for Coach Maddox. Mm -hmm. And eventually he comes and serves as an assistant. Right. You just hired two guys that were serving as head coaches in the East Texas area this past year. I can remember when Coach Barrow came and worked, you know, after – Five yeah, years cool. with us. Mm-hmm. I know Reagan loves Coach Barrow. I love Coach Barrow. Absolutely. There's just Spring Hill. <clears throat> right. To to an outside person, right? The, I think the pinnacle normally of a profession is that people wanted to be a head coach. But why are people – why has there been such a pattern where people have left that to be a part of what you guys have created? Well, I think uh, – you know, every individual that you mentioned is going to have uh, their own motivations on their end and wherever they were and so forth, different factors and so forth. But more so than where what was going on wherever they were could have been a great scenario. I think that uh, there there's a camaraderie, if, if you will. There's a... Um, when you have a one school town in Gilmer where people eat and sleep and drink and breathe Gilmer Buckeye football. And that's very unique. You know, it's almost like a throwback to a different era uh, where things were more simple and uh, it, it provides an allure. I think that uh, is enticing to where, People go, you know, I can set down my uh, title and, and money even at times, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside now and be a part of, of something that is uh, unique and that I'm grateful that, that that's what uh, has taken place at Gilmer. And we obviously have benefited from every single one of those individuals that you mentioned in multiple ways. Uh, whether it be their effect on coaching staff, whether it be their effect on the kids, the community, uh, each one of those guys were so talented. You know, Coach Biro was just uh, put in the East Texas Hall of Fame, you know, for all his years at, at Longview and uh, then at Spring Hill and then for, uh, for us for a very small part of his time. But we were blessed by it, you know, and we got better for those years. Uh, you know, Tim Russell on 2009 year, we won the state championship. Uh, Jed Whitaker, who was uh, the guy who hired me out of, out of high school. He came and coached with us a few years ago. Jerry Baker, 
just all sorts of different people, Wayne Coleman, you know, on and on and on where uh, they, they've been at the top and they came and were a, a facet uh, of making us kind of who we are. And that's a, that's a blessing as much to us as I hope it was to them. Johnson, what about you from your perspective, having worked now for three different head coaches at Gilmer, what is it that uh, you think is so appealing to build and grow your career as a member of Gilmer staff? Uh, just everything that, uh, you know, all three of, you know, the coaches that I've worked for being, you know, Coach Trailer, Coach Turner, and Coach Melson, you know, all standing uh, for the same thing, you know, and first being, you know, men of God and, you know, instilling it into our program. And that that's what makes it easy for me, you know, to come to work each and every day. And really, I say work, it's, it's not work, you know, it's, it's not. I'm um, getting to do something that I really, really enjoy. And, um, I, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I, I was like Blake Lynch, you know. You know, I, I had dreams of, of being in the NFL. And, you know, one thing I always told myself that, you know, if I didn't get that opportunity, what other thing, you know, what's, what's, what's the best thing next to doing it? And for me, that, that was coaching. And so that's the route that I took. And, you know, I'm having a blast. Like I said, uh, just getting to be around, you know, Coach Coach Meltzel and and the time that I spent with Coach Turner. Uh, I've learned so much. And, and you know, the time that I've, you know, spent with, with, with Coach Trailer. And the sucky part about that, you know, me coming back home, you know, I was a little ticked off, you know, because <laughs> he ended up leaving as soon as I, you know, came back. But still uh, there's nothing more exciting than getting an opportunity to come back home and 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 coach from alma mater and and really just give back and continue to keep this place going and i think that's something that's just piggybacking off of that that people see as a real possibility when they play at gilmer they see that possibility of going to the next level the collegiate level and then you know the very small percentage of kids that go from college to the nfl but they see that as a real possibility when they yeah. step foot on the field at Gilmer. So no, there's very few schools you can say that about around here. You know, we've got a lot of the schools that'll produce, you know, D2, D3 players that end up doing pretty well. But I think the pedigree and the resume that Gilmer has of, you know, developing those kids young and sending them to the pros is, is really something to write home about. So speaking of this next class of superstars you've got, let's kind of talk about this year's team schedule what y'all got uh who you've got coming back and, and what you guys expect to see i know i think i read or uh, did a story on that you guys are gonna have two bye weeks this year because mm -hmm. it's only a uh, you're only playing nine games so let's talk about that this season and how i don't really hear about two bye weeks ever especially back to back right. weeks so right talk about that <laughs> you bet. Well, you know, going into uh, the the day of realignment, it is always a challenge, you know, and you have all your perspective dates that you're trying to get filled and so forth. And, 
you know, then you get there and everything starts changing and so-and-so is going to drop you and play somewhere else and so forth. But uh, we, we start out, our first four games are, are going to be quite challenging. You know, we're going to start out with Chapel Hill, who just had a phenomenal year uh, last year under Jeff Reardon and uh, went four rounds deep in 4A Division One, And uh, so that'll be, you know, right off the bat, we'll find out what we've got. Uh, we'll follow that up with Kilgore who went three rounds deep, uh, another uh, new addition to the head coaching staff with uh, at Kilgore with Clint Fuller, who was the longtime defensive coordinator at Pleasant Grove. So we're very familiar with Clint and the job he does and has put out uh, tremendous uh, players out of Pleasant Grove's defense. So we know it's going to be a tough physical game back-to-back uh, -back there. Then week three, we'll be playing uh, Paris, another 4A Division One. Uh, very physical. Coach Hollenberg has had a lot of success up there and got his program going. Uh, their younger groups are just loaded. So very talented uh, teams that will be playing. And then week four is Lindale with Coach Cochran. You know, two years ago, they were in the state championship in 4A Division One. So all four schools being 4A Division One, uh, back to back to back to back, uh, very challenging teams. Uh, we had several possibilities for a week five that, uh, you know, just didn't work out. Uh, several, uh, there's a district around here in our area that ended up having seven teams in their district. And so that they play their district games that week. And so, you know, uh, the 5A Division Two like when you get into the Mount Pleasants and so where they're already into their district play. So once you got to that, that fifth week, it, our, our options started dwindling. Well, then you've got to decide, you know, okay, we're willing to drive all the way to, to Waco or to Houston or to Midland or whatever. And uh, you know, our options were very limited. Uh, I felt like uh, we we've got some positions that'll be uh, key positions that'll, we've got some youth, you know, we've got to replace uh, a starting quarterback that was Brandon Tennyson that was a uh, first-team All-State the past two years. And uh, we'd, his, his brother, uh, Caden, has a good chance of being that person. He's in the battle with several other guys. And uh, with those four teams right in a row, I felt like, you know, we'll, uh, we'll just take that extra week and, and uh, regroup, get ready. We start out our district play week uh, – the first uh, week of district with Pleasant Grove and I, there. So that this will give us an opportunity to kind of uh, get our feet back on the ground and head into district play. You've got it. You know, speaking of people coming back, you've got, you know, one of the best receivers in the state coming back and in Rohan Blue Island. So, so can I talk about what you guys are expecting from your team this year and, and how you guys are going to move forward? Well, we're, we've got a lot of talent. I'll say that in multiple places. We have a handful of guys that are returners uh, on the past two state championship uh, or state uh, finalist teams. And uh, so we, we've got the nucleus to, to be a competitive team. Uh, again, you mentioned Rowan. He's, he's a two-time uh, All-State returner. Uh, Ashton Haynes, our running back, you know, his first team All-State running back. So we've, we've got some pieces uh, defensively. We've got some players, Braylon Ward and Amaro Arona, Kendall Jackson, some of those guys, uh, Tyson Wilson, who we can lean on. And uh, we feel like we'll be able to put us in a position to be competitive again. So, Olin, you want to 
mention any of the the guys you're working with or what you're uh, seeing? Yeah, I'm very very confident in uh, the group that we have offensively. Uh, on the outside, uh, Tarek Tate. Uh, Tarek's going to be a junior. Um, he was up on varsity last year, and uh, you know he'll 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 help us out uh, tremendously uh, this coming up year. Uh, he's been having a good spring. Uh, he's doing well in track right now. Uh, another kid is Kate Bowman. Uh, he'll be another outside receiver for us. Uh, he's also had a really good spring, ran track. Uh, he's been playing baseball. A uh, very, very competitive young man. And uh, uh, G Jeremiah Noble, he's uh, another, he's a freshman this year, played, played up on varsity. Uh, he helped us a lot defensively. Uh, his role was limited offensively. Uh, you know, we were kind of, you know, you know, loaded on the outside at receiver. So, you know, there wasn't a, a spot for him. He played more defense and, uh, you know, he did a good job for us defensively. And next year he will play a major role for us offensively. So, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, to seeing all these guys. And like I said, for us, it's, it's the next man up. And uh, these are the guys that are up for the challenge and uh, they'll do well. That's awesome. I mean, we went the full hour. This was perfect. Uh, Coach Metzel, Coach Johnson, Reagan, thank you all so much for agreeing to do this. I know this is a special thing for the area and special for Gilmer. And, and it's just a... Uh, it's like you always you wish people could see and hear from some of the actual characters or the people that really shaped it. And so uh, I'm so happy that y'all agreed to do this and uh, just can't wait for it to come out and for people to know more about y'all's story. So thank you so much again for agreeing to do this. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing. I thoroughly enjoy uh, listening to the first broadcast with David and and Coach Long, I mean, it just hearing all the history and uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on uh, at Marshall and even into Jacksonville, that was pretty awesome to listen to. Yeah, it, it, it has been awesome, this whole process, uh, you know, going through, you know, the interviews and, you know, giving feedback and really, like Coach Melsel said, you know, hearing stuff that, you know, you, you had no clue and, you know, it's been exciting, you know, to get all the details and really understanding, you know, what the program is all about and, you know, what makes this place as special as it is. And I guess listening to David, you know, on, on my end, since he was, he's been covering it, he is a long time. Long time. Journalist, so I only hope to to be around as long as he is, but uh, he has been. So, um, but excited to see you guys this year and only know that y'all are going to do great and like just being the very small part of it from the outside looking in, but it's we love having you be in. I'm sorry. We love having you apart. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Half Buckeye. That's what my mom tells me. So there you go. There you go. I like it. Thanks, Reagan. Absolutely. You bet, Hunter. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachandoc.com. Thanks again.